1: edition of phillies today i'm your host james seltzer it is wednesday july the 15th and i actually watched the philadelphia phillies on my tv last night for those who don't know they are streaming the intra squad games on the phillies youtube channel and phillies twitter all over uh social media and man was it super cool to have the Philadelphia Phillies playing baseball on my TV last night like honestly it really was Um, it was almost in a way surreal it was almost um hard to believe it was happening but it, it did feel awesome like it felt and even with the little Phillies versus Phillies in the corner in the box score and I got Vince Velasquez pitching Andrew McCutcheon and it's it's weird and different you know it's funny because you never see intricate squad games stream right I mean like you know, there's always, you know, you've seen exhibition games, of course. We've seen regular baseball games, but it's so rare that you actually watch on television the Phillies playing the Phillies and seeing the little Phillies versus Phillies in the corner and looking at the pitcher and then thinking who's at the plate and remembering that it's a Phillies hitter at the plate. It was unique, and it was super cool. It, um, it was really fun. It was really fun to have baseball back on my screen. It just only added to the intensity of my excitement that we are— um, a week away from Friday, the Philadelphia Phillies will be playing action. A week away from tomorrow, baseball back uh, as they started out uh, Thursday night of next week. So it's getting real, and it felt real watching the Phillies play a little baseball last night. Obviously, not too much excitement from the game, some fun stuff to talk about. Kingery goes yard. Vinny Velasquez looking good. Wheeler looked good. Andrew Knapp a bit. Some big hits. Um, you know, it was uh, it was fun to watch. Again, it was just it felt special to have baseball back on my TV, and it made me certainly know, uh, which I already knew for myself, but I think for a lot of people who've been you know, kind of upset and stuff, if you're a fan of baseball, like just seeing it back matters, and it does kind of warm the cockles of your heart, so to speak, because um, it really was exciting, and it just got me that much more excited for Phillies baseball. And I do want to talk about Velasquez, because I think that that's an important thing to talk about. We'll get to that in a second. A couple quick notes before we dive in first. Um there has been an addition to the National League East. The most prominent free agent baseball player still on sign, Yasiel Puig, is now an Atlanta Brave, sadly. Uh, Nick Marquegas opts out of the season. They replace him with Yasiel Puig. Braves, stay good. <laughs> the Braves are the best team in the National League for a reason. Uh, National League East, excuse me, for a reason. Um, and adding Puig to replace Marquegas is a big win for them. Um, and it certainly diminishes the loss of Mark now who knows from a veteran leadership perspective especially in a season as we've talked about where I think a lot of different factors are going to play in on on who succeeds and who doesn't Um, you know maybe losing Mark is still a bigger blow than than the gaining of Puig but certainly just from a pure baseball perspective it's um, it's a nice move nice move by the Braves I think um, any team would be lucky to add a guy like Puig at this point. Someone, you know, I know he's a bit of a knucklehead at times, but um, you know, there's talent there and there's upside there and and you know, you look at an outfield of Acuna, Puig and, and Marcelo Zuna. Pretty good. You know, you can go to battle with that type of outfield. Obviously Acuna really any out any two guys plus Acuna you can go to battle with, but uh is damn good and Puig certainly has a lot of potential so uh too bad but you know it is what it is the Braves get better they add Puig I think that was a smart move by them uh and the other piece of news before we dive into the Phillies themselves it was announced that uh by the the city of Philadelphia that um there will be no large events until m- at least March of 2021 meaning that um there will be no Phillies games Eagles games Sixers Flyers uh until at least March of 2021 not a surprise and um Honestly, I think that I you know there are a lot of places that are talking about having fans in stadiums. If I had to bet, I bet that doesn't happen anywhere. Certainly with baseball. Like I just, first of all, separate part of the issue, but the fact that the owners cried poor for months and months and months because they weren't going to allowed to have fans in, and are now saying, "Oh, uh, I think maybe we can get some fans in this year. We could definitely get some fans in." It's like you are the worst. It is so. Such weak sauce, such weak sauce that they would ever even ask to put fans in there after crying poor because they couldn't have fans in that whole time and make it such a big deal about we don't have fans, we don't want fans, give us money, players, give players. Oh, you gotta give us money back, give us money back. And now they're actually trying to have fans is like the height of absurd of absurdity, of hypocrisy, whatever. It doesn't matter. But regardless, it does um it does seem and I think particularly notable for Eagles games, I would say, but it does seem we will not be having a sport event. Uh, major sporting event with fans in the stands in Philadelphia until at least March, 2021. And personally, I'm fine with that. Like I know that, you know, the NFL, we've talked about this a little bit on here, but the idea of the, the potential for some fans to, to some stadiums have fans and others not. And I guess that's theoretically possible in baseball. I don't think there will be a single fan in a game this season in baseball if I had to, to bet on it. Um, but theoretically i guess if they do it is it is per teams the competitive balance idea of of some teams can have fans and others can i think is the the height of absurdity Um, we're talking about a a sport (laughs) you know fairness is integrity of the sport all that is is paramount it reigns above all and the idea that well you know just sorry we want to make some money so we get fans and you don't is is an absolute joke um i think ultimately that the way this is trending, we won't have fans anyway, so I don't think it's going to end up being an issue, but I think it's a joke, a, a literal joke, that this is the angle that that is being taken. Regardless, it won't be happening here in Philly, so we know that. So, um, you know, unless something changes, unless there's an exemption or something for the sports teams, it does look like no fans in the stands in Philadelphia. And, and again, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I think that's... I'm a better safe than sorry with this type of stuff right now. That's the way I see it. All right, uh, let's dive into the Phillies themselves. And... Uh, Got me thinking um, yesterday, watching Vincent Velasquez continue to be awesome so far in spring training 2.0. Velasquez really looked great. Four shutout innings yesterday. Watching it, um, great command of his stuff. He has added a cutter, which looks like it could be a a potential weapon-type pitch for him. I want to talk about Velasquez, and it really gave me the thought that, you know, we've talked about the X-Factor players, we've talked about the starting lineup, what we expected to lay up, but we haven't really gotten into the bottom of the roster, so to speak. The fifth starter spot, but also the bench guys, the guys who are, you know, going to be a factor this year. We've talked about it, but you're going to see injuries, you're going to see guys who aren't quite ready to go, or aren't fully ramped up, or whatever, and... And the teams that are going to succeed are the, the, the teams that can fill in those holes. And I know the depth certainly matters over a 162-game marathon season, a normal season. But I think also this season in particular, because of the ramp up, the short ramp the ramp up, the ramp down, the ramp up, and the uniqueness of it all and all that, that I do think we're going to see injuries. I do think we're going to see um, pitchers be able to go sh- uh, lo- less innings at, at first. And all type of stuff and to take time for people to get used to going every day. And especially for this Philly team that has that one strike of 20 straight days of baseball – the guys at the bottom of the roster are going to matter. <laughs> this team is going to need them. So um, why don't we start with Velasquez and the five spot, and then a couple relievers, uh, and then we'll get into the offensive side of things where, you know, I've do, i I've said I, I kind of like I like the bottom of the roster a little bit for the Phillies uh, when it comes to the, the, the bats, less so on the staff. But let's dive in. First, let's start with Velasquez because um, he's looked really good. You know, he has. There, there's no denying it. Uh, Joe Girardi, after the outing yesterday, even said, um, you, you know, something to the effect of, you can't deny what the guy's doing. You know, you can't ignore it. Um, and he's pitching better than Pavetta right now. He's pitching better than Suarez right now. I think, like, right now, as, again, you know, nine days away from the season or whatever it is, Vincent Velasquez looks like the favorite to be the number five starter. I think that's pretty clear. Um, here's where I'm out with Vinny. Um, it's one of those, you know, we've all made the joke but the fool me once, fool me twice thing and all that. Like we've been fooled five times by Velasquez now. And um, you know, I think you know, if you're gonna get fooled again, I know the who would not, um, but if we're gonna get fooled again, I think the cutter is the reason to potentially get suckered in again. If he has added another pitch that can be used effectively as a weapon at times when needed. Um I mean that's really the thing that Vinny's missed. I mean let's be real. The fastball's legit. I mean it it plays. It's got life to it. It and of itself alone that pitch works. He just always needed a third pitch. Um really interesting. Uh again, I'm still in the camp of won't get fooled again. If you ask me will Vincent Velasquez be good this year, I would say no. Because I again, I just can't do it again. I can't I can't let myself buy in the umpteenth millionth time on this is the this is finally the time this is finally the year that velasquez is going to turn it around i just i can't believe that i we've seen stretches of good velasquez before we've seen nine ten game stretches where it's been like wow like look at this dude many is the vinny we waited for and then he goes back to being the middling, slow-working, annoying pitcher that, that drove us crazy. So I'm not ready to, to buy in, especially after some spring training 2.0 starts and injury squad games and work there. Um, But I do think that here's the thing. I think he's going to get the shot because Joe Girardi, who is ultimately the one making the decision, and Brian Price, if you want to say he's involved in the decision, um, those guys don't have the same baggage with Velasquez that we do, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, we've done the Vinny Velasquez thing. We've seen it. Year after year, we've seen the, you know, the, the, the reverting back to, to the norm, the, the going back to the old Vinny, the this, that. We've seen it. We know it. We expect it. Girardi doesn't, right? I mean, Girardi has no history with Vincent Velasquez, no intimate game to game history, you know, maybe a start here, a start there. I'm sure he's gone back and watched the tape. I'm sure he's, you know, looked into the numbers and all that. So it's not like he's coming in blind, but. Um, he doesn't have the same level of frustration that we here or others in the organization might have already had with Velasquez. So, I do think Velasquez is going to get the shot right now. I think as we you know sit uh, less than well, less than two weeks away from the season, I think Velasquez is clearly the front runner for that that five five spot. And I do think, look, if you're going to use Velasquez as a starter again, like just be smart about it. Keep him to five innings. Like you've got in span of bullpens now, like all that. Like just don't let him go deeper. Even maybe four innings. The evidence shows crystal clear last season and and in many seasons that Vincent Velasquez that third time through the lineup falls apart he can't do it the third time so just let him face the lineup twice and get him out like let's do that use Velasquez when he's valuable and then don't let him get into the situations where you know he, he ends up falling apart look We all want Velasquez to pitch more than five innings a game. I get it. But guess what? Maybe that's just not who Vincent Velasquez is. Maybe Vincent Velasquez is a guy who two times through the lineup can be really good. And then ideally, he's more of a long reliever than he is a starter. But the Phillies need him to be a starter. So maybe he's a four or five inning starter. Maybe that's the way you look at the guy. Maybe we don't judge him as much on his ability to go deep into games, which has obviously been a failure of his over the years. Um... So, look, I, I think the Velasquez thing is going to be fascinating. I think he's going to get a shot. And, look, I I love that he has a cutter. Maybe working with a real true blue pitching coach for really the first time in his career or at least a, a, someone of Brian Price's pedigree for the first time in his career, maybe.
0: Who knows, right?
1: I mean, we've seen stranger things. Stranger things have happened than a guy this late in his career who has shown flashes of brilliance putting it together to a certain level. I mean, that it does happen. It really does. It really does happen in baseball. Baseball's a weird sport like that. Like, it does happen. We see guys. I you know, like Nelson Cruz is going to, you know, close to 500 career home runs potentially, certainly over 400. And, um, you know, the dude didn't start playing until he was like 27, 28. I mean, it happens. It happens where guys, um, you know, didn't really get – everyday shot till then Um, so that happens you know it does happen where guys develop later or they get the right coach or whatever again I've seen too much with Velasquez I'm not willing to allow myself to be hurt again by Vinny to put it in uh, those types of terms but I'm intrigued I'm intrigued by the Price-Girardi portion of this and look we all knew that there was at least talent with Velasquez you don't get this many shots you don't get this many opportunities unless there's something there and that there's a reason to believe in it who knows He's looked good so far. I think he's going to be the guy who gets that fifth starting job. I feel relatively confident about that. Again, we're not there. We're not seeing the, the pitching sessions that they do every day. We're not seeing how well Pavetta or Suarez is working with Brian Price or whatever. But from what we're hearing, from what we're certainly seeing in intra-squad games, from the, the little bit we have seen from reporters down there, it seems like Velasquez is the frontrunner. So I think right now that's the smart bet to win the five-starter spot. Again, I do think still that, that guys like Pavetta, Suarez, are going to get innings – like again, I think that especially early in the season, you're gonna see starters going four or five innings a lot more than going seven eight innings. I think that's just gonna be what it is. These guys need time to get their arms back to where they are in three weeks, especially the first week that was kinda of hit or miss with the the COVID um, restrictions and teams having to shut down practice and then there's ring outs and all this stuff. I just um I just don't think pitchers are gonna be ready to to roll, you know, to that level, to giving like deep, deep into games. So the bullpen's going to be huge. It's going to be massive for this team from the jump. And I think that guys like Pavetta Suarez, guys who can give you innings, are going to matter. That, that's a good way to segue. So Velasquez, I think, will be the five-starter. Hopefully the cutter's real. Maybe it's the time. Again, I'm not buying in until I see it in real Major League Baseball games that matter for more than you know a few starts here and there. But hope is all we could do with Vinny. It's the, this, the Vincent Velasquez story is what I should say. But um, to that point, a couple other names to mention. You know, Pavetta and Suarez and Cole Irvin, I think you look at those three guys as the guys you're going to need to give two, three innings at a time um, if they're going to get them. You know, like we just talked about, the idea that I think you're going to see starters go less, go less inning, go less deep into games, and, uh, you know, the Phillies are going to have to account for that. And I think uh, Pavetta, if his head is screwed on right and he can handle coming out of the pen, I think Suarez and I think Cole Irvin are those guys for you. I think those are the guys you see – um, be an important part of the roster early in the season, maybe even more so. If we're talking about the bottom of the roster, guys, look, you're going to need other bullpen guys to step up. Um, you know, obviously, we we feel good about Neris, but you, we talked about the X-factor bullpen guys, the Alvarez, the Morgan Hunter guys, the guys who will be counted on. But you're going to need someone else. You're going to need whether it's Edgar Garcia to take a step forward. Garrett Clevender has some stuff I like. Uh, Trevor Kelly, the the sidearm or righty, who um, everything we hear out of the camp is that the Phillies are, are pretty excited about him. And um, look, he's looked like he got some stuff. You know, I, it looked a little wild uh, last night when I was watching the interest guy game. But but there's clearly stuff there. Um, someone like that, someone like Trevor Clark, or or we talked about the guys on the minor. Or, you know, the guys who might um, or minor leaguers who could have come up and make a difference to Damon Jones, Ramon Ross, or Randy McLean, someone like that. But I think the guys who are going to be on the roster, you need Liriano. Look, we saw a little bit of Liriano yesterday. look good in the interest squad game. Um, assume he doesn't opt out of the season. He is someone who gives you experience. Uh, someone who could pitch multiple innings theoretically for you. I think Liriano has a chance to be a really important player for this team if he's there and if he pitches um, and if he doesn't opt out and all that. But then again, Trevor Kelly is a name to watch. One of these guys who, you know, you're going to need some key innings out of the pulping. Garrett Clevenger, a name to watch. Uh, Edgar Garcia, we saw pitch last night. I'm not in on – the slider's nasty, don't get me wrong, but I'm just not fully in on Garcia. But I think you're going to need something from, from those groups of guys that whether it's uh, Pivetta, Suarez – Irvin on the, the longer relief type of spot, and then a, a Clevenger, a Trevor Kelly, a Brogdon, one of these guys to give you something um, in the bullpen. Now, flipping it over to the offensive side of things, I actually, like I said before, I, I kind of really like the makeup of this Phillies bench. I think there's a lot of versatility, uh, a lot of veteran major leaguers who have had success in Major League Baseball and who's stepping into this type of role can really... Bring the right demeanor, the right attitude. Again, you know, going back to what we talked about a lot yesterday, the idea that I, I think mental toughness, mental, mental fortitude, being able to handle the unique um, aspects of this season are going to be a major part of of who succeeds this year as a team. And I think having guys on your bench like Josh Harrison and Logan Forsythe and Neil Walker, guys who've, for lack of a better phrase, been around the block. I think it's going to make a difference for this team, especially a team that, you know, like McCutcheon is a veteran leader, but like Harper, Romito, I mean, these guys are still under 30. They're they're the leaders on this team. There's no question. Um, But I think having that, that those veteran guys who've, who've, again, been around the block, you know, Neil Walker's played a lot of major league baseball. That dude's been on a lot of teams. You know, he's played for a long time. Logan Forsythe's played a a good amount of major league baseball. Josh Harrison's been around the block. Those three guys really stick out to me. Uh, I'm, I think those three guys are going to be the core of that, that bench veteran leadership thing. Look, we've talked about the Hazley quinn thing in center. Obviously, whoever wins that job, the other guy is going to be an important bench piece. We know that. If we're talking about the important bottom-of-the-roster guys, both of those guys will matter to this team. Um, and then, you know, your starting outfielders will matter, and Jay Bruce is an outfielder slash DH will matter. The only other real outfielder, Kyle Garlick I like as an upside young guy. I don't know if he makes the roster, but I think there's some upside down the road there. And Nick Williams, the only other guy we know, and and you know maybe he's the lefty bat on this team, but I don't, I don't love Nick Williams. I think those three guys. If we're talking about the the key bottom of the roster guys for me offensively for the Phillies. It's really Logan Forsyth and Josh Harrison first, and then Neil Walker. But I think those guys bring both veteran leadership and they bring versatility, which I think is going to be huge in a season like this. Like Josh Harrison can play second base, he can play third base, he can play outfield. Neil Walker can play first base, he can play outfield, he can play second base in a pinch. Logan Forsyth can play second base, can play third base, can play outfield. These are all guys who you can mix and match with. And especially if you can slide McCutcheon over for a game, or, you know, we have Segura and Kingery, who can both play two positions in the infield. Kingery, three, really. And Kingery can play the outfield, too. I mean, you just... This, and I know they want to keep King Ray at second and stuff, but I do think that in a season like this, with the potential for so many unique injuries, soft tissue injuries, the potential for oblique injuries, the potential for really anyone to go down, and, and again, COVID as well. I mean, that's a factor, right? I mean, that's part of it. For the potential to anyone to go down at any time in any situation, I think having guys who, A, you can trust, who are veterans, who've been around the block, who do certain things well. Again, Logan Forsythe has always hit left-handed pitching. He always continued at left-handed pitching. You know, Josh Harrison, someone who again could play like theoretically could play eight positions on the field if you need him to seven positions on the field. that maybe not anymore, but could back in the day. And is certainly someone he's been an all-star. I mean, Josh Harrison was made an all-star team, you know, in Pittsburgh. So, um, and again, like the veteran leadership these guys bring, the the knowing expectations and and situations and all that. And again, the fact that these guys can fill in at So many different spots. I think it's going to be so incredibly valuable. I really do. I think in this season, more than any other, having guys on your bench who can play two, three, four positions, Mm. I think that's a massive advantage, especially guys you can trust, guys you like. Again, like I know they're not the super exciting names, but Logan Forsyth, Josh Harrison, and Neil Walker are better bench guys than they've had the last few years, you know, other than Jay Bruce being a bench guy who's been kind of a Back and forth, and is the DH at the, for all intents and purposes this year. I mean, those guys are better players than they've had there. You know, they're better than the Phil Gosselins of the world. They're better than you know those types of guys. Um, I, I'm pretty excited about the bottom of the roster. You know, as, as much as you can be, but I, I think that these guys are going to give them value. And again, I think the veteran versatility that these guys give you, where they can help on the clubhouse side, they can help on the mentality side, they can help younger players sort through things maybe look this is the unique toughest situation that any of these players have been through old veteran or young and new it doesn't matter it's all brand new and having guys who've just been through other battles so to speak who've been through other unique situations or whatever and if and if lasted in the major leagues for a long time and, and understand what it's like to be a major league baseball player, the grind, the the dedication, the this, the that, all that type of stuff. I, I just, I really think it's going to matter. I think these guys are going to matter on the bottom of the roster. I think they could really help this team, especially with Girardi leading him. One last guy I got to talk about, and it it pains me to bring it up. It really does, because uh, you know, if you've listened to this show or any really time I ever talk, I've one of the noted Andrew Knapp, non-supporters, let's say. I'm not a hater. I don't hate Andrew. He seems like a wonderful guy and um, whatever. I just have not been a huge fan of Andrew Knapp as a backup catcher. I don't know what he really brings you. I know that they think he calls a good game, or at least we've heard that from Kapler and stuff, and that's fine. I think that's valuable. I think he's a marginal defensive catcher at best, not a good one, and I think he's a weak offensive player. But um, in this unique year, Andrew Knapp will be a factor. They're going to need something from Andrew Knapp. Bermuda plays more than any other catcher, obviously, but he's gonna get some days DH'ing when he's not catching. Andrew Knapp's gonna be in the lineup. He's gonna play. Like Andrew Knapp will play this season. Um I can't tell you how I'm gonna count on him because I don't. I never have, but I'm hopeful and and they need him. It's more the point that they need Andrew Knapp this year. Andrew Knapp is going to have to contribute this year. He's a guy, when you look at this bottom of the roster guy, like, look, Andrew Knapp will probably get more starts than Logan Forsythe or Josh Harrison or Neil Walker, and I'm super psyched about those guys. Again, I like those dudes, but Andrew Knapp's more important. He's going to play more. He's going to play once a week at least, and maybe more, depending on that long stretch on things how shake out. So, um, Nappy, we need you to not be terrible. Please do it for me, Andrew. For me. Do it for everybody. We'll see. But Nap's gonna have to matter. And again, I think on the whole, other than that, I do like the bottom of the roster. You know, I feel, you know, they've got their holes along the roster, as we've talked about, as we all know. But I do think that the bottom of the roster, especially Forsyth and Harrison, those types of guys, could make a difference for this team. They can get you a big hit, they can fill in in a big spot, know what to do in the in a situation. You know, just I think they're gonna add value. Um, I'm I'm excited about the bottom of the roster. Um so fingers crossed, you know, I think ultimately it was everything. Um, all right, tonight, intra-squad game being streamed again. It's going to be awesome. Check it out. We'll, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Continue to look for what we see, um, see if anyone stands out offensively, pitching, all that stuff, and then um, just continue to gear up and prepare and, and talk about the, uh, what the Phillies are going to face coming up. We've got to do some season preview stuff. Just so much fun to be had as baseball is literally around the corner, and I cannot wait. So, again, until tomorrow, thank you so much for hanging and talking Phillies with me as always. Again, watch Phillies tonight. It's super fun. If you didn't get a chance last night, check it out. It's it's surreal but awesome and a preview of what's coming next week. Cannot wait. So until then, again, stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?